What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham, and I am joined today with Justin Trees. Doug and Riley are both busy, so they will not be able to make this episode with us. Um, we do have a jam-packed episode for you. We will be interviewing Brandon or Brendan B. Olson from Hold Nine Sports. He is the founder. Don't call him the co-founder because he will start his podcast by coming so- by calling someone a naughty name that we do not appreciate here on this part. Um, what a bitch, right? I just can't believe he would say that to someone. But uh, that's what we have coming in today. Treese, it's glad. I am happy to see your smiling face once again starting my week since we record on Sundays now. Mondays don't seem so bad now that I go to bed directly after this from seeing your smiling, burly, bearded face. But, man, how have you been? How have you been since last Wednesday? Not too bad, man. It's been it's been a good week. I had a good weekend. Kind of just hung out. Went to the Pride Festival today with the wife. That was fun. And got some golfing and dirt bike riding in yesterday. So it was a good day. You went golfing and riding a dirt bike. Yep. Just I didn't normal know Saturday. Utah had that much of a thing, but dude, we got like you say, we got all this land for nothing, right? Like you got you got we got no buildings, so we just got golf courses and mountains to ride. Do you ride your dirt bikes on the golf course? Like forget golf carts, just take your dirt bike. I don't, but there are some golf courses here that like have made like they're kind of like hoverboards for golfing in a sense. <laughs> of course so they like, have. <laughs> yeah, it, in Utah, and they're pretty awesome. I haven't I haven't ridden on one. I've just Google them and watched, but they're sweet. I got you. So I've noticed lately talking to you, you've been golfing quite a bit. Um, I know you mentioned you got a new set of clubs, but like, do you have a golf membership somewhere? Or are you just kind of picking a different course every day or every weekend and just checking it out? Yeah, it kind of just depends on who I go with. I have a group of guys that I really enjoy golfing with that we try to go every Sunday. We weren't able to today. Um, they were a little busy, but so most of the time we choose different golf courses. We don't like to choose the same one more than like two times in a row or we get sick of it. So we're always out and about trying, trying new things. That's awesome. Speaking of golf, um, here in the Kansas City area, they actually have a golf gym membership package type deal, which has been awesome. So we get to go work out. the buddy that, My buddy from work that I golf with, we will work out in the morning before work, and then you know, depending on the day of the week, we'll go golf after work. So it works out well for us and we've somewhat gotten better so we know like once we swing the club and the club hits the ball we kind of roughly have an idea where the ball is going to go now that we're kind of in the swing of things pun intended there but uh we decided to go ahead and advance our game and get some walking carts and last week last thursday actually i believe um i found one on the facebook marketplace and i bought it and i'm uh, messaging this guy's wife back and forth and uh she goes, hey, you know, we're selling it for this price. And I kind of tried to undersell it. And she was like, no, he's already mad at me that I'm selling it for under $100 anyways. And I was like, okay, no big deal. And so we, we settled on a price. She's like, hey, meet him here. I show up to this golf course. Man, you talk about rich. Like this dude is in a convertible. Like there's stone everywhere. The trees are pretty. Landscape looks gorgeous. I come rolling in in t-shirt and shorts. I'm like, hey, man, I feel kind of underdressed. He's like, no, don't worry about it. And this dude gets out of his nice car, leather interior, everything. Long story short, he tells me that he bought this walking cart for $200, and he used it twice. I bought it for $70. <laughs> That's a deal right there. Yes, it is. It has only been used twice. It's got a little sawdust on it because he said he did a little project in the garage. 
But other than that, thing works pretty cleanly, and it's super light. So that's awesome. Have you seen the ones that have the remote and you can control it without pushing it? I saw one for the first time this spring, like when we first started golfing. I noticed an old man was walking by himself, and I was like, why is he just walking in the middle of the course? And then I look a little farther ahead of him, and then there's his bag. And I found out those are like thousands of dollars. Yep. Thousands. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so there's two different kinds, right? There's one that's like a rem- as if it's a remote control car, right? When you let go of the gas, it just stops. And there's one that's like a key that you just put in your pocket, and it knows when you stop. And so it stops. So it just follows you everywhere. It's always like five feet behind you. That is ridiculous. Yeah, they're so badass. But I'm not going to spend over $1,000 for one. Not yet, anyways. Not yet. Speaking of things that we're not going to do or haven't done yet, um, we're going to relate this to OBJ missing the first initial parts of offseason activities with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Freddie Kitchens had a little something to say this past weekend about it. Um, a reporter had asked him, hey, you know, what has OBJ missed since not being here? And Kitchens just abruptly answers the offense. So that's really not <laughs> what you want to hear from your head coach and play caller that the uh, the star wide receiver, the biggest trade this offseason, one of at least, you know, I feel like Kansas City's was pretty big as well. But anywho. Him coming to Cleveland and then missing the entire offense installment kind of got to raise a couple questions. Trace, what are your thoughts on this, man? It's just further validating my thoughts that these guys are the 2000, whatever, 13, 2010 Eagles, not, not the 2017 Rams. They're already a mess. The Browns are already a mess. And I get it. It's voluntary. We've gone over this. Voluntary is voluntary. But... I do think that a wide receiver should be there when you just got paid and traded to their team. Everything's brand new. I think every single chance you have to th- to run and throw with your quarterback, you should be taking advantage of it. Now, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here just, yep. just because he was working out in the offseason with Landry and with Mayfield, so you know that relationship's still kind of there. But do you think it's as important to miss this aspect, anyways, because they're going to do so much with you know the mandatory camp coming up this next week, and then going into training camp in the summer? I mean, did he miss that much just for the voluntary off-season workouts? Because I mean, Kitchens was kind of running this play, you know, all this stuff last year, and he's new to it as well. So do you think OBJ is just kind of thinking, hey? I would rather just kind of learn this when I'm coming in late so I can ask all the questions I want one-on-one and be the main focus and learning on this instead of trying to learn it with someone else and things getting confused or lost in communication. If your head coach can't communicate well with multiple people, you have a fucking problem. That's- I, almost knew, I almost didn't even ask the question because I knew the answer. I love it. I love it. No, so like for real though, I get I do get the point because I do understand the not showing up for voluntary minicamp. And for the most part, I'm usually totally fine with it. There are just instances where I believe that you should try to be the leader if you're brand new and you should be setting the tone for the team going forward. You guys haven't won shit, and the Browns haven't won anything. So maybe you guys should do everything you possibly can to win. Even if it's 
50 throws. It's 50 routes. Like, that's all it is over a three-day thing, right? You're only running 10, 15 routes. Maybe that's all it is, but it's not going to hurt. Yeah, but do you think he wants to be the leader for this team right now? I mean, do you think he wants to come in and automatically be, like, the guy? Because I think Landry has already accepted that role in a sense. And so, to me, it seems as if OBJ is going, hey, my best friend here is already taking the lead on this. All I have to do is come in, do my job, make plays, get paid, and let's just keep winning. Do you think he's looking at it as, I got to come in and be a leader for this team? Yes, I do. I believe that they are planning on the two wide receivers, Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield, those four leading this team and setting the tone. You gave up a first-round pick for this guy, plus a really beloved player in Peppers on that team. A lot of Browns players liked him. So you need to show that this is why it was okay that you got rid of Peppers, because I can bring this. And I'm going to do this for the team. I think, I mean, I think he'll show that eventually. I just don't think right now he's coming in with that mindset. I think right now he's coming in with, I was injured last year. I got traded. I'm in the midst of getting everything moved, getting everything resituated, taking his time, doing his training program. So to me, I will disagree with you on this, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and maybe it's because I truly believe in Tony, or I almost said Antonio Brown, OBJ (laughs) can be one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And I just want him, I want him there. I want him like just so hungry for a team to win and for his team to win that I, I just want him to be there. I guess it's more, it's probably me just personally wanting him to do it more than anything. That makes sense. I feel like this is going to be one of those things that we're talking about now because we have nothing else to really talk about. But week two, three, four of the season when he's playing, it's really not going to be that big of a deal, you know? Yeah, totally. We're going to we're gonna forget that we even talked about this come middle of August. When oh, I'm not. Came. I'm not going to forget. All right. Well, you have a really good memory. Thank you. Sometimes. Don't tell my girlfriend that because she will disagree. <laughs> As everybody knows, the... It is a dead time here in the NFL, and we do have the NBA Finals going on. It's basically the only sport that's going on. Yes, I know hockey's going on as well, but the Bruins got that shit locked up, so that thing's going to be over in a couple of days. Makes me want to know, from your standpoint, just like how the Raptors have Drake, who is a celebrity that you would want repping your NFL team? Well... I wrote down two names, and I wrote down the first one, and I said, you know what? I grew up listening to his music. I like his music. I jammed out to his music. Felt like I could dance to his music, as you guys don't know, but I know. I can dance, but I'm not as good as a dancer as I like to think I am. I'm a pretty good car dancer with almost wrecking. That's my type of dance style. Uh, Anywho, my... Celebrity guy that I would want to represent my team, the Kansas City Chiefs, I had Justin Timberlake. I feel like he's got a good attitude. He's got good charisma. You know, he's got a big name. And it would be awesome to see him in Arrowhead supporting the Chiefs and then kind of have that national viewership, you know, from a different fan base because, you know, his fans are going to love what Justin loves. What JT loves, Justin Truce, Justin Timberlake. Oh, my gosh. I'm just now realizing this. 
Wow. What's up, JT, baby? Just it, kidding. Anywho. That's what that's what my friends and my work people call me is JT. They don't even call me Justin. Well, I call you Tree, so. That's awesome. <laughs> What's the first name for? Nothing. It's pointless. Bingo. <laughs> and then the other guy that I had, um, I know he's an Eagles fan and he's from Philly, but it was going to be Kevin Hart. I think it would be hilarious and fantastic to have that guy around the Kansas City Chiefs. Having him around Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, I mean, I just think that would be awesome. And then you put it on the defensive side with the Honey Badger, Frank Clark, Dorian O'Daniel. I know he's not a big name, but I feel like he's got enough sense of style and swag to him that they would fit in or somehow get along. So I think either one of those two guys as celebrities would be great to have. And it would be very exciting and fun to know that those guys are cheering on my team. I would love that. The, when he got onto the stage after the Philly won the game and cursed on live television, Kevin Hart, that is. Oh, Wasn't man. that Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, it was on the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was so funny. I loved it. For the Jags, their biggest celebrity right now is Blake Shelton. He's a Jags fan because he's from that area. Yikes. Yeah. So for me, I think it would be awesome for Will Smith. He, he's Ooh, a cool, that is a good one. He's a cool dude. Everybody likes him. I, it's kind of that Denzel Washington feel, right? Like nobody mm. dislikes those two guys, and they're awesome. They're hip, and I just think that Will Smith would like be vocal, and I think he'd be awesome. I follow Will Smith on Instagram, and he's like, I think he's only been on it for a year and a half, but that guy post some great content if you are not following will smith you need to do it because that guy is hilarious in all aspects and the new movie aladdin i need to go see that right now i do need to see that as well i'm very excited for it what's the movie that he did where he's like a thief and they end up doing the big betting scene at the super bowl do you remember what yeah uh focus focus that that scene gave me the most anxiety I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Like the the little fifty fives that are replaced everywhere. I wonder if that's ever been like, like happened to me, and I have no idea. Like yeah. especially with colors or signs or emblems or things that I draw, which is usually just boxes and like lines going across everything to make it into triangles because that's appeasing to me or appealing to me. I don't know if I've seen that somewhere, if it's just kind of there, something I do, but it's just those little things that can psychologically critique your way of thinking is very, very interesting to me. It, me too. Me too. And I'm certain that it, somebody's done it to me. Probably my wife, to be <laughs> total, totally honest with you. All right. We were talking about celebrities and whatnot. Also makes me wonder about characters in movies. And one question I always like to ask people is, if you could have a movie character, a football movie character on your NFL team, who would you want? I would want Bobby Boucher, the water boy. You know, I want him to kind of come in as a guy that's just there to help, you know, be a sideline presence behind the scenes. And he comes in as a true Cinderella underdog story and just owns that defense, becomes the best linebacker, which Kansas City definitely needs right now. And he can come in with his hating Gatorade, his mama telling him everything's the devil, you know, open up a can of whoop ass, let's do it. You know, that's some high quality H2O right there. Like, we need that on the Kansas City defense. You put Bobby Boucher, the Honey Badger, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, oh my God, 
how are you going to score on this team? Because Bobby Boucher is picturing whoever he hates as a baby, as an adult, the Gatorade, Gatorade, and he's going to just rip your head off. And that's exactly what Kansas City needs. So for me, Bobby Boucher. I love Bobby Boucher, so I can't I can't argue there, but I'm going to argue there. You missed the perfect character that you could have added, and that is Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Come on, dude. The greatest coach of all time. For high school, I do like that show. Me too, dude. I watch that show. Come July, I'm fucking watching that show. <laughs> because like I'm I'm in deep deep dark place with no football. And it's, <laughs> the thing, it's the one thing that can kind of like get me. That in the league, I'm I'm just like I'm good. Okay. I I can last. I can survive the month of July. I can do it. But that seriously dude, that show is awesome. I love every I even love the later seasons. Uh, obviously season yes. two for the best, but like when he goes to East School, I still like it. I kind of wish when they started it, I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. The star quarterback broke his neck literally like the first episode. Yeah, Jason. Jason. I kind of wish he wouldn't have broken his neck. You know, like he broke his freaking neck. I kind of wish he wouldn't have done that because it would have been awesome to be able to tie his story as him like going into like college, playing for a college team and kind of making his way into the NFL, like struggling through college instead of him just facing a major injury. And then you would have had Sorensen or Sorensen. Sorensen. Gosh dang it. I do that every time. Then you could have had him come in as like a, you know, the starting of the team. How is Taylor? How is Coach Taylor going to be able to help the, have the team win with him at quarterback? And I think that would have been cool as well. It's just hard to see like guys that have such promise and it just be taken away in a TV show because you just want to see people succeed and then overcome the adversity once they're in the process of succeeding instead of seeing it all being ripped away. But that is the beauty of the show. And man, his girlfriend. Oh my Lila. goodness. Lila. Lila. Oh my God. <laughs> if Derek Jeter is interested in her, then you know she's you know she's hot. Wow. And for the record, and I don't care who knows this, I want to be Timmy Riggins when I grow up. <laughs> the gold mine. Oh. Woo. He is awesome. Except for what he got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wow, awesome. lucky bastard. Texas forever, baby. Texas forever. All right. Moving on to our next segment here. A lot of people have probably seen this on Twitter going around that there's this whole tiering system that's going on, mainly for the quarterbacks. We're going to try to do it for a lot more than just the quarterback position, but we're going to start out with the quarterback position. So there are... Five tiers, elite, borderline elite, good, average, and below average. So we're going to go down one by one, and we are going to name off these players, and then we can just see where we think that they're going to be. And guys that we haven't seen yet, we're going to kind of predict where we think they will be for this next season. Correct. They have not played yet, which is rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have just been traded or signed to a new team that we have yet to see play is going to be a prediction on their talent and level of play 
for this next season. I said it slowly so you understand every word coming out of my mouth. It was well done. I think everybody understands at this point. We're going to start out with the NFC, or sorry, AFC East. And we are going to start out with Josh Rosen for the Miami Dolphins. Assuming we're going to assume he's going to win that starting job over Fitzpatrick. I would hope so because I'm going to put him at good. I'm going to put him at average. I want him at good because what he did in Arizona with third, fourth string offensive linemen, an aging wide receiver and a rookie wide receiver with no tight end and no running back. He was still able to make plays and put throws in places where only his guys could get it. And that was something that was difficult to see through all of the bad, but he did have some good. I mean, he beat the Packers in Lambeau at the last game of the year Yeah, with some of his throws. So that's why I have him at good. Yeah, that's fair. And obviously I'm going with average because his play last year was below average. And with all of your reasoning, I think that that bumps him up one, which would put him in the average range. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Let's move to the New York Jets in Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. I'm going to have him as good as well. He was in a situation last year where he started off tough or started off rough. I mean, his first throw in the NFL was a touchdown for the other team. Um, that was one of the tweets that I had watching that game, and it kind of exploded, so I was pretty proud of it. But he was making plays on the run. He was putting the ball in tough spots, and especially along the sideline in the back of the end zone, which you really don't see from a young quarterback, especially in their rookie year with the Jets and the lack of weapons that they had. And now that they have a running back, a wide receiver, and a bolster defense, Donald's going to be pretty comfortable next year, and I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback i agree 100 percent. i'm not going to argue or say anything else on that josh allen with the buffalo bills is next and i am also going to put him in the good category uh, i think that he is going to be improving i talked about this a lot in the last episode you called me a closet bills fan for these exact reasons o-line o-line is better better weapons. He still doesn't have that elite number one wide receiver, but I think he has a lot of good playmakers. He's going to have a running game behind him, and he clearly has a defense behind him that will let him play the way he wants to play. He's not going to have to be forcing anything, kind of like how Bortles did early in his career. I'll agree with that. And if he has another season of making plays, hurdling defenders, getting the ball down the field accurately, he's going to be... Not slowly, but quickly moving himself up this chart in the next two to three, four years. All right, this some old dude in New England, in Boston. Where, where do we, where do Mark we have Wahlberg. him? Mark Wahlberg, yeah. The lefty, <laughs> the lefty. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, elite, obviously. Yep. Greatest of all time at his position. Easy decision. On to the next one. Uh, we've gone over... T- Three guys that were in last year's draft class. Let's just add the fourth that went in the first round, and that is Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. I am going to put him, I'll put him in average just because he made plays in the playoffs and he eventually just took over that job, took it away. Not necessarily took it away from Flacco, but you could tell Flacco knew that his time was up in Baltimore 
And what's the reason of even not necessarily trying, which is kind of what you don't want to see with him going to Denver. But Jackson was able to take over that job and do decently well with it. He definitely needs to work on his accuracy. His arm strength is there. But just making progression, seeing the whole field, and then not just assuming that he needs to run to make a play. You know, I think that was something that he shown that he showed and was able to develop through the year. That play that he made against the Chargers in the playoffs is one that just continues to repeat in my head with him rolling around in circles and he throws off his back foot, barely gets it over the linebacker or defender's fingers, falls right into his receiver's hands, and they get the first down like a third and 15. So for me, that's why I put him at an average. Therese, I'm sure you're going to have him ranked differently because you're almost a Ravens fan too now. I actually am good with him being an average right now because I think that he only needs to be average with this team for them to still make the playoffs. I think that he's going to make enough. I know. I know you're going to disagree with me. I think that he's going to make enough plays with his legs, and I think that having a full off season is going to make him so he's a little bit more consistent. I want to know what you're right. He, he's going to be He's good. He's going to be good this year. You're right. You're right. You're right. So he's good for me. And I'm I'm totally fine with dying on that hill right now. The Ravens are not making the playoffs unless they find a way to win that division because they're not getting a wild card. Yeah, well, I've already said they're winning the division, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Big Ben without the other killer bees. Where do we have him ranked at this point? I think I might be higher on Big Ben than a lot of people. But I'm going to have him as elite. The way he can throw the ball down the field, take hits, stay in the pocket. He seems to be injured after every game. He seems to have a boot on like after every game. But, man, he comes in every season and makes plays. He takes big shots, whether that's from getting hit or, you know, taking the shot down the field, putting the ball in, you know, windows, tight windows or in places where only his receiver can catch the ball. I think that's where a lot of Antonio Brown's success came from was Big Ben being willing to just throw the ball up there, knowing that Antonio Brown was going to be able to fight for it. I think that was a relationship and trust that they built through time and in games. And I don't think Antonio Brown's going to have that in Oakland with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is more of a, if you're open or if it's one-on-one, and I think I can kind of put it up there for you, I'm going to. But Big Ben was like, hey, I got a safety over top. I got a corner underneath, and there's someone else coming in to read because you've been triangled in coverage i'm gonna throw it up there anyways along the sideline and then you just see antonio brown jump in the air facing the sideline catch it where there's no possibility of the defenders being able to hit the ball out of the way and he comes down with it and that's because of big ben i mean trece you saw it in the playoff game with the jaguars when they lost the pittsburgh lost to him but big ben i mean steps up into the pocket throws the ball 55 yards down the field just in front of the end zone or the back of the end zone I don't remember what receiver caught it, but the, it was just like, boom, caught it, down, touchdown. Perfectly placed ball. I'm going on too big of a rant here, but he's just elite. He's won two, three Super Bowls, and he's continuing to show that he is the guy in Pittsburgh and that he's going to be after getting paid again this offseason. I think that he has been elite in his career in the past out of all the examples you just gave. But moving forward, I think he's actually going to be on the borderline elite group. I think that my elite group is going to be very, very small, and I just don't think he makes the cut there. I only have two more guys going elite. Okay. 
I'm probably in that range. Uh, yeah, so do I, actually, and I think we have different guys. Uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Where do we got Where do we got Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. He's going it good as well. Number one pick comes in and plays with Tyrod Taylor being hurt. Leads Cleveland to the first win in about a year, close to two seasons in a row. Made plays on the run, putting ball in tight windows. Seems to be doing that in practice already. Something you like to see from a quarterback with a changing offense. I don't want to talk about him, and I really don't want to talk about the Browns, so I'll put him at good. Leave it there. We'll see how how well he does this year with all the weapons that John Dorsey has surrounded him with. Yep. He's good right now. Like you said, all the weapons he has, he has a chance to next year, if we did this, be in that borderline elite. That's where he's at right now, but he's at good. Cincinnati Bengals with Andy Dalton. You look up the word average in a dictionary, and there's going to be a picture of him right there with his helmet off in the wildcard playoff game that they just lost because that's exactly what he is. He'll be good during the season, get to the playoffs, really not there. So that's where I have Dalton. A lot of promise, second-round draft pick. I have a feeling this next year he steps it up and does well. But right now, he's just an average quarterback in the NFL. You want to know what his career is going to look like after this year? Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to be on all these different teams. He's always going to find a way to be that gap quarterback where he's, he continues to start games because they're always looking for their future quarterback. But he's just good enough to be on the team and starting for and winning a few games for their guys. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I don't know how much he'll bounce around like Fitzpatrick has, but I think he'll probably go to another team or two before kind of calling his career quits. All right, moving on to the AFC South, we have Houston Texans, and that would be Deshaun Watson. What are we thinking about Deshaun Watson? I think that he is... Jesus, this one's tough. I'm going to put him at borderline elite. I think that Deshaun Watson is special, and... What he does with the offensive line that he has is unbelievable. I'm right there with you. Um, I feel like if he has another Yanders belt and he doesn't have the ACL injury, we're probably putting him at elite. The fact that he has Hopkins and Fuller you know, definitely helps with that. I think once they get a tight end that they can rely on, a guy that can at least come up and make a catch when it's needed, and he can have some more protection and then have a weapon and a running back, this guy is going to be elite because he's already shown that he has the ability to make plays on his own with his feet and moving around in the pocket and putting the ball in tough places. So I'm right there with you, man. What about Andrew Luck in Indy? Andrew Luck. Oh, man. I only said there was – I was only going to put two two more. Aye, aye, aye. Um, Yeah, I'm going to put him in elite. I mean, you've seen how the, the Colts were without – Andrew Luck, and then you see what the Colts were like with Andrew Luck. And you see what he's like with time. Yes, they lost in the playoffs to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and that was it because their defense isn't shit. But Andrew Luck makes plays. He's Andrew Luck for a reason, and that dude is shredded. He's a Stanford nerd, as Pat McAfee would say. And, man, he's going to be one of the bright spots at the NFL moving forward if he can stay healthy. 100% agree. Andrew Luck is so special, and I think it's hilarious that some people started doubting him just because he missed a year. And obviously there was a big concern with that, but like people just forgot how good he was. And 
it, it's hysterical to me. He is so damn good. All right, let's go to my team down in Duval, Nick Foles. Average right now. A career of starting, being a backup, winning a Super Bowl, now back to starting and getting paid. I mean, he's a guy that hasn't shown a lot of consistency, but when he's on, he's on. And he's got the arm strength. He's got the knowledge. It's just about continuing to be in the right situation and having the right place called for him. Kind of like what you saw in Philadelphia when Wentz went down. That's kind of how Foles was. I think a lot of that's because of Doug Peterson and the experience and relationship that they had in Kansas City. Foles being in Philadelphia already before. And now that he's going to Jacksonville, this is kind of like a fresh start for him. New faces, new team, new staff. This is his opportunity to show, hey, I'm worth the money, and I'm the guy that can still be an NFL starting quarterback for an entire season and years to come. All fair points. I'm going to have him at good. I think that he's proven enough the last two years with Philadelphia that he deserves to be at good. All valid points you gave up, but I just think that it would be disrespectful to put him at average. All right, where are we at? Tennessee Titans, and we got Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, below average. A lot of that's due to the fact that he's only had an offensive coordinator back-to-back years. I think his rookie and second year. Other than that, it's been a guy getting fired or moving on to another team. So he hasn't been put in the best situation, but he does have some weapons now. Corey Davis had a good year last year. They added A.J. Brown. They really don't have a tight end. They had an aging one. They have a running back now with Derrick Henry. If he can stay healthy and you know be consistent instead of just being December Henry, if they can have him in September and October and November and then let that translate through December and into January, yeah, that'll be good for him. But... I think he's shown that he cannot be the guy with all the pressure on him. That's tough for me to say just because he reminds me so much of the Alex Alex Smith situation and not having an offensive coordinator consistently and just constantly dealing with struggles. In a sense, just being screwed over, and he's handled it well and made plays, and he's shown to be the leader of that team. But you bring in Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's just to kind of add in a, a protection or a layer of protection if Mariota goes down again. And the fact of, hey, if Mariota does go down, we're pretty much moving on from him because we have Tannehill. Totally agree. First below average guy we got. And I think that we'll probably have a second one here. And that is Joe Flacco for the Broncos. Yeah, I was going to put him at average, but man, he just, ever since that Super Bowl run, he's done nothing. And a lot of that is just due to not really having receivers in Baltimore anyways. And that being a defensive-focused team, they don't really bring in much offensive talent during the offseason. They don't focus on it in the draft either. He's always had a decent offensive line and somewhat of a running back duo, trio, but there's never just been, hey, we got to watch out for this guy in Baltimore because of the offensive relationship that he has with Flacco. Flacco never had that, and he might have that in Denver with Sanders and Sutton. So that's going to be nice to see for him, not as a Chiefs fan with his defense, seeing how that goes. But Flacco... I'm going to put him as below average, and I think you are going to as well right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's below average for me. I think he's the second worst, maybe the worst starting quarterback in the AFC. All right, let's go with Derek Carr for the Oakland Raiders. The guy that almost won MVP, then he broke his freaking leg. And after that, it was offensive line doesn't like you. 
your head coach got fired. You bring in a new guy. You had to gain the trust of him, and you saw that relationship build um, at the end of the year. I have a feeling he does become kind of deadly this next season, especially with Antonio Brown. You know, they, they added more running back depth, talent. Their offensive line got better. I wouldn't. Okay, let me take that back. It didn't get better. It got younger and stronger and cheaper. That's what their offensive line got. They lost a tight end, but they got that back in Foster Moreau. So you give him a couple years, and then Derek Carr is going to be looking pretty good. But right now, I'm going to put him exactly with the word I just said. Good. He's if he wins an MVP, I put him at borderline elite because that dude. I hate the way he throws, just because it's always that that little loft that he does at the end, and he just kind of leaves his hand there, like. You know, he's shooting a basketball, you leave your hand in the cookie jar. I don't really like seeing that from a quarterback, and I really haven't seen it from any other quarterback besides him. But when he decides to set his feet and zoom that ball in there, that puppy soars. And I've seen it in person. When he's locked in and ready to go, he's deadly. But other times, it seems as if their play calling is deep shot, so he has to loft everything to a corner or everything up over top. He tries to do what Russell Wilson does and just drop it in the basket, and that's not what he needs to do. He needs to be the guy that just zooms the ball in there and then lets them make a play afterwards. So if they can get that figured out with Gruden, he's going to go from good to borderline elite if that relationship continues to develop and they put their trust in him for the Oakland Raiders' future. With the weapons he has right now, he's going to end up good. Doug mentioned this a few times earlier in our earlier podcast about like his stats and what he actually did last year. And he was a lot better than what people gave him credit for. It was more the defense letting them down more than anything. So I'm with you. I have him as good. Let's go to Los Angeles Chargers in Phillip Rivers. Borderline elite. Continues to make plays, continues to be the leader of that team. But as of late, his age is starting to come up. You start to see the season take a toll on him. You kind of see the fire kind of lessen from his arm strength, if that makes sense. Like, you don't see the zip at the end of the year as you do at the beginning of the season. Towards the end of the year, it's more of just kind of putting the ball in places where only his receiver can get it. And that's exactly what you saw in Kansas City when they made that last drive to win the game. That I think it was third and eight. It was third and long, we'll say that. He puts the ball in front of the linebacker, underneath the safety, but to the left of him. So as Benjamin is coming across and up, he all he has to do is stick his hands out, and it's like peekaboo, grabs the ball and then brings it back in, and then he goes down, they get the first down, and they eventually take the lead by scoring a, a touchdown to a wide-open receiver due to a miscommunication. Kansas City goes down, blah, 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 fuck. Philip Rivers, but I love him at the same time because his personality and his energy is fantastic. And I hope, I really hope and pray that he takes a TV personality analyst job, whether it's pregame, after game, or as an announcer, because his accent, his voice, and then his love for the game just shines through him. And I want to see more of it after his career. Yeah, he would be amazing on TV. He really would. And I think he'd really enjoy it post football because I, I think he's one of those guys that's going to need football in his life at all times and that's not just because he has nine kids and isn't going to want to be in the house it's going to be because he's going to actually miss it yeah. and I'm with you I have him at borderline elite I have him right there with Big Ben I consider those two basically the same I know that Big Ben has the the Super Bowls but career wise I think that they're identical like the difference is 
Big Ben had some defense to help him out younger in his career that got him into a Super Bowl. And Big Ben obviously did amazing things during those Super Bowls that won them the games. But he had the defense that Phillip Rivers has not always had. So that's what I'm going to go there. And we got your guy. We already know where you're putting this guy. The MVP, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to put him at elite, but I was having like a mental war on if I put him at borderline elite just due to the fact that it's only been one year and it's hard to tag a guy as elite after one year. But 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, NFL MVP, the highlight reel that he has after one season, and then seeing his offseason workouts that he did, what he's been doing this offseason, the plays that I've heard he's making in practice already. I mean, Fuller tweeted, I'm like, I'm watching film of practice, and it's day one. Why don't we just hold up on the no-look passes here, Mahomes? And Mahomes just kind of sends back, like, a laughing emojis, you know. But, like, it's really fun to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan right now because, dude, we have never had this besides a stand of Trent Green and that inconsistency of injury or playing and then with Alex Smith just not being able to get over the hump because the defense, you know, couldn't make a stop or make a play. And then we just didn't see that athleticism that we see from Mahomes' arm with Smith. But Mahomes, he's the dude, and he's everywhere. I mean, every time I get on Twitter or Instagram, Mahomes is doing something. He's doing something new. He's doing something great, you know, whether it's in the community, doing something with his dog, traveling, you know, being at a major sporting event. Like last night or the other night, he was at the St. Louis Blues game, their Stanley Cup game. That was awesome to see. Blues got smoked, but hey, LGB baby, we'll get them next game. I think they play tomorrow night or the night after, one of the two. But yes, Patrick Mahomes, an elite quarterback for years to come, praying to God that he stays healthy. Yeah, so earlier we talked about how we were only going to have a few more in the elite section, and I think we both said two. I actually meant four because Andrew Luck I didn't think of, and I I was with you. I kind of was thinking I'm going to put him at borderline elite, but the more I think about it, the dude's fucking a stud, and he's elite. He's going to win multiple MVPs. Maybe not this year because I do think winning them back-to-back is tough, but in the future, he's going to win more. He's going to lead this team to at least one Super Bowl, probably two or three by the time his career's over. It's just all about can they keep paying a lot of these guys, right? They, they have a lot of talent that they're not going to be able to pay everybody. They just have to keep drafting well, which I think they will. And your GM is amazing at making trades for guys that are really talented and for some reason other teams don't want them. So that's why they're going to stay on top. You're right. Mahomes is elite. That's where I got him. That's all we got today for this segment. We're actually going to do the NFC tomorrow because we are actually going to interview Brandon Olson at this point. So we'll get over to that right now. All right, guys. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to have a Mr. B. Olson joining us today on Talking Football. He is the founder of Whole Nine Sports. Don't you dare call him the co-founder because he will start his own podcast by calling you a word that we're not going to say. What a son of a bitch he is. You know, we're excited to have him here. We're excited to cover some things with him. Uh, we held up the Trees Ivia at the start of our own episode because we wanted to share it with him. Because I'm not sure if you guys follow him on Twitter or not, 
But boy, does he have a mouth, and boy, does he love to run it. And he's a feisty son of a gun. This is the only New Yorker I think I've ever had constant communication with. And now I see why everyone has the opinion on New Yorkers because of this guy. Because he does not mess around, and he doesn't take bullshit from anybody. But we are excited to have him on here with us today. Brandon, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. We're we're happy to have you, man. You you like to give us a lot of shit on Twitter and through text message, so it, it's about time that we have you a part of this. Oh, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. You said Trisivia is safe for this, and I was like, oh fuck. I was like, this is where this is where I'm gonna mess it up totally. after all the trash I talked to Austin. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking through all my notes, and I actually don't have that good of one. I really wanted to get one ready for like a whole bunch of stats because that's usually where I get these guys but this one this one i think will be easy on the player but the amount i think you guys will probably not be able to guess so we'll start it off here then which wide receiver has the most 100 yard games in the super bowl era ac i want him to answer first i feel like i already know okay brandon you're up no we gotta have to guess which wide receiver as the most 100-yard games in the Super Bowl era. I'm assuming that they're still playing. And I want to say it's Antonio Brown. Okay. Austin, what do you got? Most 100-yard receiving games in the Super Bowl era. Calvin Johnson. You were both wrong. Really? Yeah. I, that's shocking. I thought the player would be the easy part. Julio Jones? Nope. No, it's not Julio. Julio's way too inconsistent. Way too inconsistent, right? Brandon, you want one more guess? And they are still playing. I never said that. Oh, motherfucker. All right. Is it Jerry Rice? Yeah, it's Jerry Rice, guys. That was going to be my first guess. I should have just done it. Should have just done it for second guessing myself. Yep. Okay. But now here's the hard part of the question. How many does he have? Okay, well, let's see. He played like 700 years, so it's going to be a pretty high number. Damn. Uh, I'm going to go with, I I feel like I'm either going to be like close or way off here. I'm going to say 220. 220? Yeah. Okay. High or low? That's high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i was like he's played so fucking by a, long by a good margin <laughs> yeah i figured <laughs> but quite a bit um i'm gonna say 28 games you think the dude that leads the nfl in receiving mo- only had 28 100 yard games his- that's not even two seasons i figured he played like 19 years or some shit like that yeah. Like, he was around for a long-ass time. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, he probably had at least 10 of them in a good chunk of those seasons. Yep, exactly. So that's so, where I was, yeah, I was just like, in his prime, he probably did it almost every game of a season. So the answer is 76. That's it? That's, that's it. That's that. Yeah. It, it, it's lower than what I thought. That's what, like... Damn. But you got to assume, and I didn't look it up, but you got to assume he had just a shit ton of 90, right? Like somewhere in the 90s, because 
he like Antonio Brown would have to do what he's done the last like five years for the next 10 years for him to catch up to Jerry Rice's stats. It's on. I just, I feel like with like receivers, it's like a lot of people think like a good receiving game is a hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like what I think up, the best ones do it. Yeah. Like you have a hundred yard game and it's like, all right, that was a good game. Like you did it. Mm-hmm. So I think like the best of all time, like he's going to do that a lot. Yeah. Totally. I mean, obviously, it is a lot because it's more than anybody else ever. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then think about it. Like, usually, our leading receiver nowadays is roughly in that thirteen hundred yard range, thirteen to fifteen hundred, and there's sixteen games, so that's that's an average of ninety ish. So they're averaging less than a hundred, like in Antonio Brown or OBJ or whatnot. So yeah, all right, cool. Now you've been a part of it, dude. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll that was a crappy first go. Damn. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. So as we've mentioned a few times, you are the founder of whole nine sports and something I've actually never talked to you about is how did you get started in this? Why did you get started in it? Just the whole story, man. Uh, well, I, I'm a terrible athlete. Uh, I was talking to Riley about this earlier, where it's like, I'm, I'm really like, I'm not fast, not strong and shit anything like that um and so when it came to playing football i had to be really smart to be like even remotely good so i was like that's what i'm gonna do so i just i studied up as much as i could uh fell in love with the draft mainly due to bleach report matt miller like we all like him here and uh yeah when i was i think 16 so seven years ago i like messaged him on twitter and i was just like I asked him how I could get started with scouting, and he gave me a list of books to read. So I read them all, and I wrote like some scouting reports on WordPress a few years ago, which, by the way, called uh, J.R. Davis to the Lions. Just wanna, I'm still proud of that one. Um, and then when uh, last year... I kind of just went for it. I was just like, I'm, I, I could do this. I, I like, I just figured I could put it together and do it. And it started off with nine of us, which is where we got the whole nine from, because there were nine of us, and it's a play in words, the whole nine yards. And uh, we started off as analytics and scouting, and then very quickly, so many people could not keep up with the, uh, with the tedious and strenuous effort of doing the analytics, watching every snap of every game that that player played. So we lost six of our people. So it was just me and then two guys that are still there and Justin and Dylan. And we went just to normal scouting. And I wanted to expand from scouting to just to football in general Mello hooked me up with Austin. I got hooked up with Walker through there. And it's just since February, literally the day after the Super Bowl, it's just been nothing but up. How, uh, I know you mentioned it's been nothing but up since the day of the Super Bowl, but how much, like, have you grown, like, through your consistent viewer shares, the number of reds for your articles? And then where do you kind of see this going? I saw that you tweeted. Uh, last week, you know, a couple days ago that you're looking for a web developer. What are you kind of, what do you have in mind moving forward for your team, 
whole nine sports and like what's your you know your dream end goal with this um well <laughs> from we started august 30th like the website went live august 30th of 2018 because the website kicked off the day that power five college football kicked off and then from august 30th until the super bowl we had it was i think 900 total viewers so it was really slow from that whole time and then last month the last two months actually we've had 10,000 visitors so uh, like each month um so it was pretty big growth there We've been just steadily improving with how often we post things, how uh, how many people we get visiting on a daily basis. And then the web developer that we're looking for right now is... Uh, I'm just trying to make it look more modern. I want us to just be more aesthetically pleasing. It's not a ton of... It's not a huge overhaul. It's just I want us to be more appealing to the eye. And... Uh, as for where we're going, we're expanding this year from just college football. We're covering the NFL now. College football, of course, the draft, uh, fantasy football. We're going to be covering gambling with football. And uh, yeah, we're, we're looking good. We got a few things coming up that I can't necessarily speak about yet, but or on air, I can't speak about it. But yeah, it's fun stuff. That's awesome, man. I did know, uh, for at least us at Talking Football, I know that our listeners and all that really spiked during draft season, which I'm sure you probably saw that a lot as well. We we really grew probably the week before the draft and the week after draft. Those those like two to three week period was really probably our best weeks as well. Yeah, the uh, date day three actually of. Uh... Yeah, day three of the NFL draft was our most visited day ever, and it was, uh, <laughs> okay, going into the draft, on day one of the draft, we didn't have, like, the grades come out yet, we brought we put them out on Friday, so going into Friday, the most visitors we'd ever had in a day was, I think, 700, and, uh, and then on day two of the draft, the day one grades came out. And we had, I, th- I think it was 1,100 visitors. And then day three of the draft, the day two grades came out, and we had almost 5,000 visitors. And that was, like, that was huge for us. So, yeah, that was great. That's so awesome, dude. That really is cool and such a good accomplishment for you guys. And with the amount of work that I know you guys put in, like, seriously, congratulations. That's super cool. And I know with Austin writing for you guys, and I know Doug did a couple couple articles earlier in the year for you guys. Um, that's kind of how all of us started talking and stuff. And so I I just love that how like the football community like brings everybody together, and uh, we all support each other, which is super awesome. So everybody that's listening to this, go to Whole Nine Sports and check it out. Yeah, um, actually, the community with the draft and just with football is a big reason or was a big selling point I used when we were getting whole nine sports together because uh, another draft website was launching basically a week before we did or two weeks before we did. And I know that a lot of people that were contributing to whole nine were uh, they were kind of worried because 
were we were a bunch of unknowns, and then this draft site was filled with uh, some pretty well-known draft analysts. And I just remembered us. I, I I told everybody that it doesn't matter how many websites there are. Real fans, they don't go to one website and look at that, and then they're just like. Oh, that, that's good. That's all the opinion I need. Real fans, they keep going. They look at a bunch of different sites to get a bunch of different opinions. They don't just trust one guy, and that's the be-all, end-all. So that was a big point for me. I was just like, it, it doesn't matter how many other websites there are. There's plenty of space with the football community. Where are you at with this? You're, you're in college, right? So you're the founder of it. What aspect of this website are you kind of leading into with your future personally you know handling this kind of going forward just for yourself uh i'm focusing myself on primarily the draft that's been where my passion's been at so that's what i'm sticking to uh i know i have we're splitting up into different conferences and everything personally i'm coming out with a draft guide next year i'm not but on the website you'll only see scouting reports from me about big 12 prospects because that's my area that i'm focusing on this season for the website but i will be having a draft guide come out next year um i i want to give everybody the opportunity to grow and practice and get some exposure like i'm in school a, a lot of people that write for the site are in school we're a lot of we're a very young group and of course, I always tell people school takes priority. Of course, I'm not going to tell you to bank on a website that you're not getting paid for and just be like, yeah, no, screw school. You know, school takes priority. Um, I just, I just want to give everybody like a chance to grow and a place to get their start because I know it's hard to get a start. That's why I always say I don't care what your experience, your expertise, your writing level. I don't care. I can find a spot for someone at Hole 9. It's, we have people that haven't published anything, but they've been with the website for a couple of months. But it's like, while you get better, once you're good enough, then we'll, we'll get you out there. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, that's where I think that's something that you don't really see a lot of anymore. A lot of people are they're wanting that year of experience. You know, they're wanting something to show for it. And it's awesome to see that you are growing a brand while still having people come in with little to no experience and kind of getting their foot in the door. And so that's awesome on you personally. Um, it's awesome to get to be a part of this with you. You know, life is crazy, but getting to still know that that's there and that is helpful and just kind of something to go back to, that's awesome. So personally, me to you, I appreciate that and I appreciate you and I'm excited to continue to see this grow. You are a Toledo fan. Am I mistaken or am I right there? I heard, got, got it tatted on the arm. I'm all about <laughs> it. Sure I'm all about guys. it. Boys, look out. You got tickets to the right, show. Calm, calm down. I'm 155 <laughs> pounds. We can relax. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Cody, is it Johnson or Thompson? Thompson. With the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you think that's a guy that eventually makes the team, gets through training camp as maybe a special teams guy and then evolves into a, an offensive player? Where do you kind of see his potential and his possibility for the Chiefs? Uh, the main thing with Cody is his, all right, in 2017-18, 
he broke his, I think it was his ankle against Eastern Michigan. And when he came back, he, he kind of just didn't look the same. I'm not sure if it was just taking a while to recover or what it is, or if he's not going to ever get back to that full speed. But before the injury, he looked like an absolute monster. Like he looked like the guy for Toledo. And uh, afterwards, he just hasn't looked the same. I think he could definitely make the team a special teams contributor. I don't know if you saw his blocked punt in the first game of the season last year, but uh, it was the quickest punt return in college football history because he blocked the punt and caught it directly off the punter's leg. Like the punter punted it into his gut and he scored. And uh, it was like right at the goal line. So it was just awesome to see. And um, yeah, he's. I think he's a great pickup for the Chiefs. I thought he was going to get drafted. Honestly, I thought he was going to go in like the fifth or sixth round. Uh, he's. He'll be a special teams ace, and hopefully, he could develop into a contributor full time. That's awesome, and uh, I've definitely seen that blocked punt mainly because you've just you know rained it down everyone's throats that you're a Toledo fan, and the fact that <laughs> you guys have the quickest punt return in college history. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely seen it, and uh, that's kind of why I'm super excited to see him get to be a part of the Chiefs and just the technicality that he plays in or with. You know, he's a very technical, fundamental player, so that's awesome to see in Kansas City as well. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you knew this, but he only he's only been playing wide receiver for a few years. When he went to Toledo, he was a quarterback. I did he, not know that. Yes, he was a transition player, and... uh I'm looking for the notes that I have on him right now, but uh, I, I, I can't find them. But I had notes from someone at Toledo that was just ranting and raving about his character. They were not stopping about how great of a leader he is and how hard of a worker he is. So I, I'd be excited if I were a Chiefs fan. Awesome. Oh, Chase, awesome. you got another question for him before we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, I do. So, Brandon, you talk about how you're going to be kind of doing all the draft grades and whatnot. So, in 2020, tell me who your who is your number one overall player right now and who is a player that nobody's talking about that everybody should be talking about? Oh, well, all right. The second part's easy because I have been talking about him. I've been the only one that I've seen talking about him, and I'm going to continue doing it. It's Larry Roundtree III, a running back out of Missouri. He... Like watching him build wise, play style wise, he reminds me a lot. I, I hate to do this because it's because it's a Toledo thing, but he reminds me a lot of Kareem Hunt as a running back. And so I really like his film. I said that I think he could work his way up into the top three running back group. Um, and the player that I have top of my board actually right now, it's not Jerry Judy, it's not Tua, it's uh, AJ Epinesa, an edge out of Iowa. He wasn't even starting, and he's been statistically, he's better than Nick Bosa, and he wasn't a starter. He hasn't started a single game, but he put up better stats than Bosa on a per game basis and total. And he's finally getting the starting role in Iowa this year because Kirk Ferentz likes to start the seniors, and both seniors left. So AJ Epinesa is going to be an absolute monster. I can't, I'm so excited to watch him. Well, heck, there we go. There you have it. Absolutely. That's sweet. Cool. Well, everybody's going to have to check him out. So, Brandon, thanks for jumping on with us. Again, everybody, go check out him on Twitter. Sorry, what's your Twitter? What's your official Twitter handle? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, it's WNS underscore Brandon. 
That's right. I was going to say it the opposite way, so I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> cool. So everybody go check him out and check out his website. A lot of good content there. And Brandon, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. All right, that wraps up our episode, everybody. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back later this week. And tonight, we've been talking football. <laughs>